On this episode, we sit down with Chris Savage, CEO of Wistia, one of the world's most powerful video hosting platforms, as he describes what is driving the video marketing revolution today and into the future. The video revolution is here, and it's changing how we do business. Learn how to use video to engage customers and drive results here on the Video Marketing 2.0 podcast with your hosts, Joel Gubich and Brendan Carty. Welcome to Video Marketing 2.0, the video marketing podcast. I am Brendan Carty, head writer at Think Mojo, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, uh, business development expert and personal friend, Joel Gubich. So today, Joel, we have a special guest, and I mean special, bold, underlined. This is, for, some, for anybody in the video marketing world, I think you'll uh, recognize this name and certainly will recognize the company. It's the co-founder and CEO of Wistia, Chris Savage. Chris, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, Chris, we, uh, like I was saying, we're obviously in the video marketing world, and I, I think that you're, you're somebody that most people, your product is certainly something that most video marketers use on a daily basis, and I know I get your blog pretty much every day, so... I, I I don't want to freak you out, but how do you deal with the the fame that you have in the video marketing world? And did you know that you had this fame? Uh, I had no idea. So this is really exciting <laughs> for me. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're super lucky. We've been at this a long time. Um, I started the company nine and a half years ago with my co-founder, and it took us a long time to find traction and really understand like our customers really well, and how do we want to market to them, and how we want to sell, and like what we wanted to provide as our core differentiator and you know it was like five or six years in is that really started to happen and we always were like how are we still going you know like most tech companies like they spike and they plummet or they never spike and they just stay in the doldrums and and somehow um we were able to keep going for a really long time and i think it's actually always been about making the work fun and like actually enjoying the work by having like really talented people and working on interesting problems and you know we'll do more work to find a way to make it fun um and so it, it really is like that, which is pretty, feel very lucky. Nine years ago is like an eternity in the tech world, isn't it? And I'm just wondering, when you started, was it also that whole concept of lean startups? If you would start up today the same company, would you do it differently? That's a great question. You know, no one had coined the term uh, lean startup yet. Um, no one was using the term pivot. Um, honestly, when we started, I didn't even know what angel investors were. Um, and they were out there, but we we yeah, it was a it was a different time. Um, and I I think uh, the, the we ended up building what was a very lean company. You know, we were five years in, we were only four people, um, and we were really focused on really just understanding our business model and getting to product market fit um, before scaling. I would never have used those words back then. I didn't understand that that's what we were doing. What we were doing. Um, but that is what we were doing. And, uh, uh, I think it's, I think the things that I would change, it's funny. People ask me that question all the time. Like, what would you change? What would you change? Um, about Wistia? And my answer is always like the journey. What, like I learned so much on the journey that I wouldn't really change anything. I would say the, actually the only thing I would change is 
if, over the last year, we've gone from a company that was pretty flat to a company that has a lot of very clear structure. And, you know, we kind of like saw this flat company thing and saw it and thought that was like a really interesting way to build, build, a, build a business and thought it was like, um, just like innovating on, on how to build a business was like an exciting idea. And it's funny now that we have a lot of structure, we are actually able to move much faster and we're actually more creative than we were when we were flat. Um, and I think, uh, that's just something that I, I wouldn't have expected. It's pretty cool. And for those that may be a little new to it and don't know what Wistia is, so Wistia is a video hosting platform. That's the very broad way of, of explaining it. Uh, and Chris, I think that you can you can do a much better job uh, than I did. But you know, just to to give you some context, so your your slogan is "Business Smarts meets Video Smarts." This is your 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 big tagline. So what what do you mean by that? And uh, what give me the the broader uh, mission of, of Wistia as a whole? Yeah, so um, we are, uh, I, li- I like to call it like a video marketing platform. So it's hosting analytics that show you how um, your audience is watching your videos. So what are they skipping? What are they rewatching? What are the individual viewers doing within your audience so that you can make better content and you can understand the impact your content's making? Um, we have a lot of calls to action tools. So you can build annotations, you can build takeovers to the video, you can do uh, capture leads within the video. Um, and you can measure the effectiveness of those things, which so that's obviously important because that's the thing you can go back to your peers and say, "We made this video. It drove five thousand visitors. It got one hundred and fifty signups. Whatever the thing, whatever the metric is that you're looking to for success." Um, and basically, we just take that data and we try to empower marketers to use it to use it to make better content, be more successful, and also bring it into marketing automation platforms, bring it into ESPs. Because we think that video in isolation is good for some things, but usually it works best when it's tied into the rest of your marketing. On, on this program, we're not talking about the, the lovely little cat videos, which we all love little cat videos, but we're talking about videos for business purposes, for business marketing. Yeah, that's right. And I think you know, for us, it's, our mission is interesting because um, when we started, our mission was um, try to sell the company in six months and become wildly rich. Um, that you know that was didn't really work out. So, it, it you know over the way over the time it's a, it, over time it's evolved. Today our our mission is actually um, just to try to make business more human, and we really believe that video is the most emotional medium. We believe that the internet has taken away this like human interactivity that we've always had in every business interaction of all time pre internet, um, and video is the best way to bring it back and to scale your people and. Um, you know, when you're going to a coffee shop, usually you pick the coffee shop that you feel like you have a relationship with, right? And where you recognize people and you have an expectation of how you're going to be treated. And I think video helps do that. So that's kind of how the, the mission has evolved. I mean, it's exciting for me, I think, because we kind of learn that by doing it ourselves. And that's really interesting you talk about the mission because when I think of Wistia, I think of, I think of two things, basically. What you do, which is obviously a, a very powerful and uh, dynamic video hosting platform that we use literally every day. But I also think about your content marketing and the way that you present yourself to the world. And you know, I, I mentioned the blog earlier. You you have a fantastic content marketing wheel and a way of sort of sharing this mission with the world. So I'm curious, how do you see those two things dovetailing? The content marketing that you do outwardly and the video marketing stuff that you do inwardly? 
Wow. So you really just set me up because this is perfect. Uh, so, <laughs> so there uh, you go. It's on the yeah, tee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what we think about uh, our strategy is really to try to market the mission. Um, and our goal is make content that is for people who care about um, using video better, who care about telling more human stories, who care about um, just getting the most out of video. And we can talk about anything within that mission and only like our product only overlaps with like 5% of that mission, right? So, you know, our product is the hosting and analytics and marketing tools on your site. It is not the scripting and the concepting and which lens you choose and who's on camera and all of this other stuff, which is there's a huge amount of value there. It's really complicated. And so we try to write about and make videos about all of the stuff that furthers the mission. And the idea is that if we are consistent with doing that, what happens is people who care about it will share it with other people that they think will care about it. We actually don't care if the people in our audience are customers or not. So if we make a video that's about um, shooting your laptop, which is something we did a couple months ago, and how to shoot, like how we think about shooting laptop for B-roll, and you see that and you send that to your sister who's in college and she finds it useful for a project and she like, sends it to somebody else, eventually we believe that it will get back to a group of people who actually need video marketing tools who need hosting and analytics. But that's not the first order goal that we have. And I think that's really freed us up to talk about a very wide range of topics um, that we're excited about that actually do not directly relate to our product. Um, but the strategy has worked in terms of building a large audience and having a small subset over time who really do value and need our product. And it makes me think of just how more marketers and, and I know more brands are looking at video itself. You know, I think that, like you said, four years ago, uh, the idea of you know video marketing being a necessity was, was we weren't quite there yet. But now I think you're getting to the point where not only do businesses need to have at least like one video, right? Like that explains what you do, but they're finding more that they need to use video as an essential part of their larger marketing efforts. And instead of just having that one explainer type video, they're even looking to do content marketing through video uh, as the medium. And I'm wondering, you know, when you have, obviously you're so much video is coming through your, your doors every day. Do you have a sense for how the, the content itself of that video is changing or is that something that you, is that something that you get involved in? Um, yeah. So I think they, I do. And I, I, you know, we think you're exactly right. What a lot of companies do is they start by making that explainer video. And I think the reason is it's so easy to understand the ROI. You know, if you make a video, it's explainer video, and you spend five grand on it, and you put it on a page, and it increases conversion, which is usually what happens if you're making explainer video because there's an opportunity to explain something better. Um, right. You can really easily understand the value that you get out of that video. Um, and what I've seen over and over and over again is that people will start with the explainer video and then usually they'll go to educational or content marketing and they'll go to uh, product marketing. So you'll start thinking about educating um, your audience about certain products or aspects of your product. And, you'll, and if you are willing to take that risk, you'll go a little bit longer term um, with what, when you're looking for an ROI and you'll spend more time on the relationship building that comes from teaching people things. And, you know, Whiteboard Fridays from Moz is a great example of this. They've done it for years. I just watched Whiteboard Friday yesterday um, with Rand Fishkin, who's the founder of Moz, talking about um, how, 
they're trying to give you the data back that Google took away when they, when they went to the not provided keywords for organic search. Um, and it's like super interesting, super compelling. And if you watch those things, you feel like you really know Rand and you really trust him and therefore you really trust Moz. And they get a huge amount of traffic and it drives a lot of, um, a lot of business for them now. But it took them years to build up to that. That's often where I see people going um, as the second stage. And then the third stage, which you really have to have dedicated resource either internally or externally to do this, um, is thinking about making, making videos that the pure goal of them is to get your audience to feel something at a specific moment. So an example is like um, someone just signed up for your email list and you make a video to thank them. It's going to be extremely hard to track the ROI of that. You have no idea what it's going to be. But actually what often happens is if you can delight somebody in that moment or make them feel connected to you in that moment, it can have a huge impact on the next action they take. And that's where I see this, a lot of this going is people just embedding video everywhere um, and, and using it as a tool just the same way you think about design where really great design you know has an impact but it's hard to measure. Like phenomenal video you know has an impact in all these different uh, parts of your business but it's hard to measure. So you, the way you get there is by building trust over time. A good video isn't good enough. You need a good video strategy as well. At ThinkMojo, we'll show you how to create a video marketing plan that gets results. It's totally free and there's no obligation. Just visit thinkmojo.com slash consultation and set up your video strategy consultation today. It's interesting that you, your description, because it reminds me, and part of the reason that we called our podcast Video Marketing 2.0, because it's like the next paradigm, the next generation of video marketing. And just like, just like uh, websites, at the beginning, people didn't know how to do websites, you know, and so they got that first website, and it sort of opened their eyes to what they could do with things. And I, I think you mentioned the same thing about getting that first explainer video, you sort of open that door. You're a little scared. It costs money. You didn't know what you were going to do with it, what it was what it was going to return in terms of an investment, and which it is. It's an investment. And then suddenly, wow, your eyes open up and then, wow, where was I? Why don't I use more of this stuff? Exactly. I, I think that's exactly right. It's like goes from, yeah, you said it perfectly. Oh, I need a website. And then you have a website and you're like, oh shit, this is working, but there's a million problems. And so then, and then you like need tons of pages and tons of iteration, you realize you're never done. And that's actually, that's the upside is you're never done and you can keep iterating and you can keep making it better and you can change what your focus is and all of those things have an impact. It's exactly the same thing with video. It's sort of like the first time that you ever hear yourself, uh, like your own recorded voice, like you think nothing of it. Like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll, I'll record something. And then, like, you hear it back and you're like, oh, my God, I need to work on my voice. You know, like, yeah. you, you get, you see your image reflected back and you, you recognize that there's still a lot more work to do. So as far as uh, that, that, that's, a, I think, a very good summary of, of where video is today and, and, you know, what a little glimpse of to, to where it's going. Do you see, I know that there are a lot of different uh tools and capabilities that that video is developing what technically do you think that is on the horizon you know we hear a lot about interactive videos personalized videos things like that uh i don't want to ask you if you know to reveal what's in the the wistia chamber of secrets but go on go on reveal (laughs) please reveal what what do you see as some of the the big technological drivers of a video in the next couple years i think um the, one of the big drivers is you're going to see a lot more interactivity and you're going to see interactivity um, tied into other like, you know, things that clearly drive business that, um, 
you can go to your peer and say, I know this is successful in a way that with video in the past, there still was a level of trust. You know, you'd make the video, you look at the engagement, the video engagement's high, so you know a lot of people are watching it, and you'd go and say, I think it did a job. Um, I think what's coming is much more being super concrete that the, of the impact that video is having, which, make, which means a lot more videos, a lot more shorter videos, a lot more um, iterations with video in the same way that you iterate back to the website analogy with landing pages, right? Like you make tons of landing pages and figure out what works. I think we're going to see that with video um, over the next couple of years. I think we're going to see VR come like a lot faster than people expect. Um, my expectation is, is that um, 360 video is is something that businesses are going to be seriously considering um, as like a tool to make really um, engaging content that's on a totally different level in the next like two to three years. Funny that you mentioned that because the, the New York Times is just uh, debuting their uh, interact their sort of immersive video uh, format with the, throughout their. Uh, the, I know they did one of their recent uh, magazine articles with a. Uh, a virtual reality component. And I, it's just funny that the New York times, the great lady could be some, you know, leading the, uh, some of the, the movement in a, in a very high tech uh, space. They totally are. I mean, if you look at what they've done with interactive content, with full screen auto playing video, with background video, like honestly, the New York times is really innovated here. And I think, uh, it's really easy to ignore that. Um, and, the move that they made with sending out Google Cardboards in the Sunday Magazine last weekend is a huge deal. It's a huge deal um, because a, for a lot of people, their first interaction with VR is going to be with with a cardboard they got from the New York Times, um, and it is a different type of content that you have to make to make an immersive video really compelling. Um, and it's hard. It presents a totally new set of production challenges. And I think it's interesting also because at a time when more and more companies can bring on full-time help to do video production, they're not going to be able to do this with immersive video. Like it's, you know, if you want to, if you want to make a 360 video right now, the easiest way to do it is take seven GoPros, sync them up, uh, shoot with them, figure out how to stitch them together, change what you're shooting because the entire production is going to be in the shot. Um, it's it's a, there's a lot of challenges that yeah. the only people who can solve are like video production agencies, the companies that have been telling stories for a business for a long time. And I think what we're going to see, and I don't know if you played around with any of this stuff, but like um, like the Oculus Gear is my favorite example. Like if you get in there and you're looking in the gear and you're watching a 360 video, like you feel like you're in the space in a totally totally different way, and um, it's a pretty addicting feeling, and I have, a, and I think what's going to happen is marketers over the next couple of years are going to start to see this more and more, and then they're going to start asking the question, why the hell aren't we bringing people into our space? Like, why aren't we bringing people into our customers' offices? Like, it's almost back to where video was in 2008. You know, everyone thought it was a good idea. They didn't know what to do. It seemed too expensive. They needed help. Um, I, think, I think that's what's coming right now. Um, and I think it's, I think it actually represents a huge, huge, huge fundamental shift in how we need to think about, um, content. I like that you're talking about immersion because I think that's, when it comes to video, that's a new concept because it's not that two dimensionality. That's where interactivity 360, you know, and I think of the three years ago, four years ago, we never had this concept of binge watching. You know, we all binge watch now. In fact, 
anybody on, on Netflix or whatever is thinking of coming out with a series, they're going to come out with all 13 episodes at one time because they want to keep you on Netflix for those 13 hours. And I yeah. think businesses, when they learn how to do immersion the right way, they're going to be able to take people down that funnel to where they want them to end up. That's right. I think, look, I mean, we're not even competing with our competitors anymore. That's not who we're competing with. Like, we have video hosting competitors. Great. Like, what we're actually competing for is attention. And to get attention, I'm competing with the New York Times. I'm competing with Facebook. I'm competing with Snapchat. I'm competing with BuzzFeed, worst of all, right? You know, the, that, that's the one thing I don't want to compete with, right? And I think the one uh, thing Chris Savage doesn't want to compete with is this Buzz BuzzFeed. For God's sakes, the BuzzFeed so clickbait. No, yeah. but like it really is true. I think that that's you know everyone's super busy. Like it's hard to get anyone to to take action on anything. Like it's so hard to get traffic. It's so hard to do this. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's going to be why. At least that's why I talk about the immersive stuff because I'm like, oh well, this is clearly coming, and. The early adopters are going to be like, yeah, I want to see, I want to see a 360 view on this. I want to be present in the space where this person's giving a talk or whatever, whatever the thing is that's being covered. And I think that's, um, I think that presents a lot of opportunities. And I think that's that's what's so exciting about it is that we actually don't know um, what the content that's going to drive adoption is going to be there yet. Um, but I know it's coming. So how does the analytics that you provide? help people perhaps get some of that insight? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, our analytics are all around giving you context, right? So, um, the looking at engagement and looking at when people are sticking with the video and when they're turning it off because they're bored or because they clicked a call to action or whatever it is. And then the rewatching I think is, you know, absolutely critical, right? It's, it, that's where you're going to find the hot spots where you figure out how to actually inform your strategy. So, it's funny, I was just at a meeting um, earlier today and I was talking through these two fellows who came into the office and they were talking about how did you end up making all this content to teach people about production? Like, what do you, you guys don't do production. Like, what's the deal? And so we showed them this video um, and it's from three years ago, four years ago. And when the, in, during the introduction, <coughs> excuse me, during the introduction of the video, it follows someone over their shoulder. So imagine someone walking down a hallway and then you see the lights and the screen and they stand in front of the screen, and then it goes into a regular Wisty video. So someone on camera in front of a gray background talking. And what we discovered is there was a huge amount of re-watching happening over that opening sequence. And the only thing, and it spiked right when, um, right when you could just see three lights, you know, the, um, the gray background hanging from the ceiling, like the microphone. It spiked when you could see the setup of the shot. And that's what made us think, oh, we should make a video about how we set up that shot. And then that did really well. And then we saw more spikes in there around like um, uh, there was something, I think that first one was like an audio thing where we saw there were spikes of people trying to understand what the gear was we had. So then we made a video about just like which microphones we use. And we made a video about just how to build the lights and all these different things. And so I think that's where the the power of the uh, the analytics really comes in is it just gives you context into what your audience cares most about. And then you can go and you can make more content that that exact audience will be interested in. And I you're think basically, that's basically, so. you're basically playing with the cheat codes then you're like, you're able to see what's what works and then you just go back and being able to have the access to your, I guess, to your own analytics is, is such an advantage, but also, you know, a great, uh, a great reason to, to go on and get them yourself because these are not, 
things that uh, are are exclusive to you. I think that's something that you know we always we always find when uh, and by not exclusive to you, I mean your users have them as well. We always yes. find when when people come to uh, you know come to us for you're talking about you know potentially making a video. That's their biggest hang up is like how how am I going to know if this has you know any impact? And we always we always just po- point them towards you know you have great. Uh, Great literature on, on your website and, and all that about the different analytics tools. So, I, I mean, I, I think that a lot of people don't quite understand yet that these tools are out there. They're already very accessible and it is becoming the norm. I mean, it's not, it's no longer just the make a video and pray. I mean, this is, this is becoming the, the standard for how videos and how marketing is done. That's exactly right. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it really is becoming the norm. And what we're going to see, and I think I've seen it already, I, I, you know, not to, uh, well, I've seen a lot of the work that you guys have done, and I'm super impressed. And you can tell when someone has truly been iterating on what audiences care about. They end up in a different place. And then you can also see the other people that just have like the cookie cutter that they just continue to make. And it's like you watch the cookie cutter video, and you're like, this is a piece of shit. Like clearly no one's watching this. Yeah. But, and it's, it's funny. It really is starting to separate, I think, in terms of um, the quality of producers, right? Like it's – because if you can iterate every time you make something and you have that institutional knowledge, you're going to end up in a totally, totally different place than if you're just always guessing. Yeah, that's that mass customization. So it may be the same thing, but it's customized. And um, mass mass customization. That's uh, that's a you, mind. Are you not term. familiar with that term? Oh, that's that's. I've heard, I've, I've heard you use it. That's why I know oh, it. Okay. Well, you got to Google that. We'll have to do a video on mass customization. There you go. Well, there's also mass personalization. Oh, that one that, that didn't come out really easily, but uh, whatever. <laughs> Actually, in terms of personalizing things, that's a lot of work. You know, for a company, a, a company that that's got a significant size, yes, you can personalize videos, but you know, that's a skill set that not everybody has to be able to do that. Uh, do you see tools coming on board that's going to make that easier? Um, you know, I think it's uh, that's a good question. I've seen a couple companies that are that are playing around with personalization right now. Um, I know Vidyard has something that's around personalization that looks kind of interesting. Um, I think that the it's going to come down to the value of the view, um, how willing you are to personalize and re-edit content. I, I I found that what a lot of people are doing today is they're adding the personalization layer through the interactive layer. So they're using things, they're using Customize and Wistia, they're using a tool like Happyack, which gives you a ton of flexibility and control over the content. Um, and they're getting pretty far by doing that um, in terms of aligning, you know, highlighting. I saw someone, uh, someone shared something with me last week, which was they had a video, they added calls to action in the video that let someone skip it, skip different parts, so it was basically like, hey, like they sent it to a, a potential customer and said, hey, I think you're going to find these parts most interesting. So it's the same exact video, but you basically, they kind of like created chapters to like bounce someone through the most important pieces. Um, so I, I think there's going to be more of that, but I also, um, I think that it's pretty hard to beat the kind of like, if you want to have a truly personalized video, it's pretty hard to beat the one-to-one that happens if you actually make a video for somebody. Um, and you know, I, my guess is we're just going to see more and more of that in general because it's becoming so much easier to, to make, um, 
simple videos on your phone and things like that um, than it was before. All right, so I think we're uh, we're probably at the point where we can uh, we can wrap up. So, Chris, we love to get to really the the nectar of 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 your story of of your message of what Wistia is about, where you see things going in the video marketing, what we call the video marketing revolution. You know, just sum it up in maybe a a minute or so. What what you really would want somebody who's standing on that, sitting in that elevator or standing in the elevator next to you to know what's going on in the world of video marketing? What I would say is that um, I think today, you know, video marketing is about incorporating video as an option into everything that you do and knowing that it's the most emotional medium that there is. And for that reason, it drives stronger relationships with customers. It drives more action. Um, and that we can actually measure it now. We can actually understand the impact that's being made. Um, and I think that the the big thing that I would tell people is um, if you're not thinking about video in this strategic way, if you're not evaluating it by looking at conversions that it's driving and looking at engagement and, and looking at um, the heat maps and rewatching and all this stuff, that it really is going to separate um, people who are being strategic with video marketing, people who aren't. And the difference there is that we're going to see companies that are really relationship-driven, companies that um, stand out and have st- stronger customer relations, and, it's, and everyone's going to be wondering why, and I think video is like a huge, a huge part of it. I mean, to me, it's as equivalent as um, in the early 2000s saying like, okay, we're going, to, we're going to do one design of our website, and then we're going to be done, or saying, no, we're going to embed design into everything that we do. And we know that design matters, and... By betting into everything we do, we can make a much better experience. Well, that will do it for another episode of Video Marketing 2.0 presented by ThinkMojo. And I want to thank our guest, Chris Savage, CEO of Wistia, and of course, my co-host, Brendan Carty. And you can subscribe to this podcast, get complete access to all of our video tips that we have, all the show notes, especially for this episode, by going to videomarketing20.net. That's videomarketing20.net. And you can also download and listen to previous episodes on iTunes or the Stitcher radio apps. And we'd certainly appreciate any ratings or comments that you have because this really helps others discover the content on this podcast and help others join the video marketing revolution. So for Brendan, myself, and for Chris, we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Video Marketing 2.0. Thank you for listening to another episode of Video Marketing 2.0 presented by ThinkMojo. For more help on how to drive results with video, contact ThinkMojo, the video marketing experts at info at thinkmojo.com or visit thinkmojo.com for more information.